Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. Hello, everybody. Welcome into The Daily Sales Show. We're so glad that you're here. Welcome. Happy Thursday. Happy February 1st. I know uh, you're really excited for tomorrow, tuning in for some Groundhog predictions. I also found out that Groundhog the groundhog rules all of the planets. So, I mean, really important thing to look forward to tomorrow. Um, anyway, we're here today with the Sell Better Show. Come on in, turn your chat to everyone um, in the little blue box at the bottom of your chat box so we can all see all the lovely, wonderful things you have to say and let us know where you are tuning in from. Uh, we are going to start by seeing who's in the room. If you have been to our shows before. Welcome back. If you are new here, we do this every single day. You can check out the entire calendar of events by going to sellbetter.xyz or that cute little QR code on your screen. Before we dive in, huge shout out to our partner Aligned. We are going to drop a link in the chat for you to check them out. They are digital sales rooms and they are phenomenal. They will put together and send you a room after this that has all of the top notes from Caspian and Jed and everything that they're sharing here today when we are talking about creative ways to get your prospects' attention. Caspian and Jed, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. So excited. So excited. You guys are like two of the most creative prospectors that I know. So like, I'm super pumped to dive in here. We're going to talk about some of the strategies that you're, you're using right now, what you're testing, um, I know, I don't know if anyone knows this, but Caspian is the king of memes. And um, so we're going to hear about how to use memes, when to use memes and gifting. And then just talk about like channels. Where is it appropriate to get creative? Where are you getting creative? All of the in-between. Uh, are you guys ready to dive in? Oh, yeah, I'm ready. I'm do it. So ready. OK, first, let's see who's in the room really quick. Love it. Awesome. Oh, just a lot of people. <laughs> a lot of SDRs, a lot of A's. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, okay, so let's start with some strategies. I know um, when we were chatting, both of you use referrals in terms of um, a strategy. I want to like just quickly talk about who's using referrals. Let us know in the chat if you're currently asking for referrals. Um, why is it like why do you guys like using referrals first off we'll start there yeah i can i can speak to that Casper. i don't know if you have thoughts on it as well but um i think like the reason why is is pretty obvious because if you get a referral it's typically a higher chance of a getting the meeting and a higher chance of them closing i think everybody you know if you've been in sales long enough you've seen the statistics around the higher likelihood to, to close or referrals i feel like the bigger question is um how do you actually do it effectively because I've tried a million different methods of doing it. And I'll tell you what doesn't work is just blindly asking people, hey, can you give me a referral or blindly asking people that you don't really know? And so there is a, yeah, there is a bit of a like nuance to it. And you have to have, um, you, you have to be well-researched and come with a, a unique strategy to actually do it with with results. Um, and so I think we're going to share an example on that. But yeah. but yeah, I mean, referrals are a great strategy. And, and in terms of all the people I've worked with, uh, and SDRs that have worked on my team, I think the biggest reason why people don't use referrals is because they don't really know where to start or how to do it effectively, right? Like we all know it's a good strategy, but most people just don't have a good way of doing it. And so therefore 
we kind of go back to the same typical methods that maybe are as creative. A thousand percent. Let's just, I'm going to pull up um, the screen share that you shared with me really quick. And Jed, like walk us through this. Totally. So you can also do this in Sales Navigator, but I wanted to share the LinkedIn example because this is something, honestly, I typically just do this in LinkedIn, but I know everybody has LinkedIn, so it's an easy way to, to kind of get started. Um, this is a very simple way to find um, strategic and targeted referrals. And I want to like take a step back real quick because the topic of the show is creative prospecting. Um, I think Caspian has really good, like he's going to share some awesome, like true creative ideas when it comes to like the actual message. What this is, is a creative way to start and thinking about the targeting. So it's like pre-outreach. How do you think creatively about how you want to target your prospects? And so this is an example of that. It's for finding referrals. In LinkedIn, you can go in, in the search bar and type in the type of prospects or who your ICP is. So in this example, it just says sales, but let's say I'm, I want to specifically reach out to directors or VPs of sales. You can even uh, include like the, the companies at, at which you want to reach out to. And then from there, you go to connections of in all filters. Um, Jason Bay is a friend of mine. And so I would put connections of Jason Bay. And now what I have is a list of people who are connected to Jason Bay that he might potentially know. Now, here is where um, the, the, the strategy kind of takes a next step if you really want to make it more effective. A lot of these people are probably connected to Jason, but Jason probably doesn't know most of them, right? And so to take it to the next level, I can go to Jason's um, LinkedIn profile. And again, if, if you're doing this, just find somebody who you used to work with or you know pretty well to find their connections of. I can go see who, what, well, what last company Jason used to work at. And then in the filters, I can also find people who also used to work at that company. And then when I reach out to Jason, I can basically say something along the lines of, hey, Jason, I saw you used to work with so-and-so at your previous company. Um, I did some research on them and here's why I think we could help them. Would you mind making an introduction or at the very least giving me some insights on if you think they could be a good fit for our solution. So it's like taking that next step of really doing extra research to make sure that that person you're asking to broker an introduction or a referral uh, actually knows that person. Um, and I was surprised because I just found out about this uh, maybe maybe last year sometime when I was with Mailshake is that you can actually do a lot of this kind of complex filtering in LinkedIn alone and not just Sales Navigator. So that's just one example, but it's a really simple and easy way to kind of get some quick meetings. And Caspian, when you do referrals, it's similar. You're looking and you're like offering up, uh, you're like writing something on their behalf for them, right? Exactly, exactly. I think it depends. And I think Jed has done a really good job of outlining, basically filtering down for what is the connection that the person I know has to the person I want to get in touch with. And I think we often overlook people in our immediate network that are connected to people we'd like to get in touch with. So yeah, I think that if you can make it as easy as possible for the person that you're asking a favor from, that you're asking to be that connector, if you're able to have a message pre-drafted, just taking off that lift from them, it makes that process a whole lot smoother. I wanted to share really quick um, this email. If you want to grab a screenshot, go ahead and do so. Um, but this is the connection email, Jed, that you were just explaining, correct? Yeah. I mean, this is just an example of a template that I would use. I mean, you don't have to use it exact word for word. This is how I phrase things. Sometimes it's not even an email. I just message the person on LinkedIn or I text them because the people I'm asking for introductions to are not just random people. Like they're ideally friends of mine or previous colleagues. So we know each other well. 
And so it's not necessarily like copying this template word for word. Right. It's the overall, the overarching theme of like, hey, I'm pretty sure you actually know this person. And then to Caspian's point, like, do you mind if I write up a quick um, message that you can send their way? Or at the very least, because sometimes people don't even, don't even want to do that. Just say like, hey, do you know anything that might help me when I reach out to this person? And just asking for insight. So um, that's that's pretty much it. But yeah, definitely capture a screenshot of this because it it is a good place to start. Definitely. I want to kind of go rogue here. We had a friend of Sell Better send in an email that they received, and I thought it was pretty creative. I want your take on it. Um, it says, hey, I tried to reach you a few times with no luck. I wrote you a poem to say goodbye, and they wrote a poem. Okay, just immediate thoughts, feedback. What would this, like, would this grab your attention? Is this something that, you know, like is different, stands out to you? I'm after that. Uh, I'll jump in here. I, I, I'll say I love creative um, anything that is not your generic like templated email. Not that templates aren't good. They're a great starting point, but doing something that is off the wall, I think is a great way to break through the noise and is a great way to stand out a bit. So I love it. I actually had written a, um, I had written a poem in December of last year, that was kind of like holiday themed for a prospect. It was kind of like a night before Christmas esque type thing. Um, I still got a no, but it was a but it was the first response I'd gotten from this prospect. And sometimes when you're like eight emails and like sixteen calls deep, just getting some sort of a response is helpful to understand um, that okay, it's not a good fit or whatever the case may be. So. I love it. I think it's a great way of breaking through the noise. And of course, you want to have that be built on top of value-based, thoughtful, you know, business-related outreach prior. But I think it's a really good way to keep that interesting spice going as your outreach continues down the sequence. Yeah. Like if they're not your ICP, if they're not like, if there's not a reason for you to reach out to them, don't spend the time to write the poem. But if it's a client or a prospect that it could be really viable or some some reason that you see a reason for reaching out all about it take the extra time jed when it um, comes to your attention would you respond i so i want to give my thoughts on as well i definitely agree with what caspian said um there was a guy when i was with panadoc way back who would do like haikus as emails and the way i think about it is like there's two two big things that impact your your messaging it's how relevant is it? And then creativity as well. And I think you have to, to Caspian's point as well, start with the relevance. And then once you've figured that out, then adding in creativity is only going to multiply the effects. But if you start with just like, if you're listening on this call and you still haven't really found that piece of relevance, you're not seeing any results in terms of positive responses over email, their phone, et cetera, then keep working on relevance and then think of creativity as like, almost like the for lack of better words, the steroids that you throw on top of it to really multiply, right? But if you start with creativity, then it's like it's like steroids without any, with, without any, uh, without the health, right? So maybe that's a, a horrible analogy, but you, like I, that's the poem, the idea of it, I think is great. Um, but you got to include like the relevance as well and start from there. And so, uh, yeah, I've seen like poems and those types of creative emails work really well uh, at, at previous companies. Okay, this made me think of something, and I'm curious for everyone who's listening in, how much freedom do you have when you're doing your outreach? Is it like 100% free reign, go wild, or is everything kind of locked down and you have to sneak creative opportunities? Just curious. Caspian, you got free range, don't you? Well, I would say I think it, <laughs> I 
I normally, when I was an SDR, had free range, but it's, um, but I also did some things that looking back, I was like, ah, maybe I was a little bit, uh, maybe I was a little bit too off the wall there. But that helps you understand what works, right? You can't know what moves the needle for you until you try different things. Or that was my approach. You have to find a line first before you Yeah, exactly. You don't set the boundaries. That's okay. Exactly. I love it. I love it. Um, It looks like most people on the call have free creative reign. So I want to, like, we're going to come back to some of that pre- um, like before you even get into your prospecting, but I want to take a moment and talk about like gifting, creative gifting. Um, Caspi and I know you've done a lot of it and you kind of walked me through these tiers that you have. Talk to us yeah. about like how you choose if you're going to send a gift or like what kind of gift you're going to send. Yeah. And then, and the, um, I mean, I could talk for hours about gifting. I think it is something that uh, I would recommend more people do. And I think a lot of people get scared because they, similar to, to referrals, they don't necessarily know where to start. They know, hey, it's something I'd like to do, but but what makes someone a good candidate for a gift? What should I be gifting? Um, so for me, there's three tiers of personalization, gold, silver, bronze, gold being the most personalized, bronze being the least personalized. But if there's one thing you take away from what I'm saying now is just that there is there is always a layer of personalization you can bring to a gift and that can be really effective. So this gold tier is generally looking at someone's LinkedIn or their Facebook. I know that might be a controversial opinion, but you can research prospects on Facebook and find mm-hmm. some good info um, and finding something that is a unique interest of theirs, right? Often people have this in their bio or even in their activities and society section um, in down lower in their profile. So you can see when I'm not leading the sales team at XYZ, I love hiking with my dog and doing spelunking or something like that, right? Um, the other pretty, it's a pretty cool prospect. Very specific, great prospect. Uh, I have no idea what that is. <laughs> yeah, I honestly don't, but I think it's jumping. Like geocat, you like go hike and you can like find secret boxes. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, catalog. Oh, okay. It's cool. Okay. We'll but, go spelunking so, later. Exactly, exactly. That's what we're doing after this. Yeah. But um, if you found something like that, that's very specific to the prospect, tailoring your gift to that. And generally speaking, I love using books as a gift because number one, they are relatively inexpensive, normally anywhere from like 5 to $15. Number two, they can be tailored to any, um, they can be tailored to any interest, whether someone loves the Miami Dolphins, the animal dolphins, or loves making dolphin-shaped cookies, there's probably a book that covers that. So gold again is super tailored to that person however not all prospects have their entire lives on social media so you don't always know what is someone's unique interest that's where i'd recommend going down to the bottom of their profile where the top voices section is formerly known as influencers uh especially executives i would i would say like 95 percent of executives follow some influencer on linkedin if you send them a book by that influencer it comes across as super personalized but in reality is very easy to rinse and repeat. And I cannot tell you how many meetings I booked from sending Leaders Last by Simon Sinek or Atlas of the Heart by Brene Brown. Oh my goodness. Like if someone follows Simon Sinek, send them Leaders Last. It's about servant leadership. People love that. And then Atlas of the Heart by Brene Brown, seriously, such a high success rate. And then finally, if they don't follow any influencers, 
and you're really feeling like you're grasping at straws, looking at their alma mater, where do they go to school and sending them a book or some swag about that college um, or about that school that they attended can be huge. Again, still feels very personal to them, makes them nostalgic, think about their past and opens the door to a potential meeting. But we'll get into what to pair with that gift, but that's the methodology behind that gift giving. Yeah, let me bring that up. And Caspian, do you mind typing um, the names of the books into the chat? I'm going to bring up Caspian so graciously sent um, a screenshot of this email that he had paired with someone. This is like one of your gold tiers, though. You found that they like Game of Thrones. Yep. You sent a Game of Thrones book. Yep. And And it's no lie. Exactly. And this is not the, uh, I'm just writing Alice of the Heart by Brene Brown. this is not a Game of Thrones book like from the series I had seen. And again, you could argue this is creepy, but it got me a meeting with a C-level executive. So I was happy. But the I saw on this person's Facebook that they had done like a Game of Thrones tour where the where the show had been filmed. And so I sent them oh my a goodness. book about and like a behind the scenes of the show. And then as you can see here, um, I watched the show. I, I never actually read the books. Uh, of Game of Thrones, but I use a lot of um, puns here to, or not puns, but I use a lot of metaphors here to try to relate my company's offering to what I thought that they'd be focused on as a sales leader um, and uniting, you know, their go-to-market or just like the Starks are trying to unite the North, uh, which is a, you know, a group of people in the show. So that was my whole goal. And I got a response within an hour and we set up a meeting from there. So it was, it was pretty exciting. Yeah. I love it. And I love the PS like, right. It's like, either way, I hope you enjoy it. It's not, you don't have an expectation. It's just opening doors for you. Right. Exactly. And the key that I would say here, and and it's not to say that this email is definitely not perfect. um, But what I tried to do is to combine like, yes, I sent you this gift, but to combine it with real research on the prospect and trying to help them understand number one, trying to show them how my company could is relevant to them and how it could make their lives and their jobs easier, right? We do not want just an exchange of like, I give you a good a gift, you give me a meeting. Right. We need to combine it with relevant messaging. As Jed said, right, if you take steroids and you don't work out at all, nothing's gonna change. Creativity alone. It's actually it's a really good metaphor. I, I, <laughs> you cleaned it up for me. <laughs> right. But if you take steroids and you don't work out, there's nothing there. It's like if you send a book or you make someone a beautiful song or something. And that's it. And they're like, okay, you got my attention. Now what? And there's no relevant messaging. That's not going to go anywhere. If you combine the steroids with working out and the regimented schedule and diet, you'll get really big. I mean, I'm not, I don't, I'm not a bodybuilder, but I imagine that's a wrap. <laughs> uh, I, can I ask Caspi a question real quick? Yeah, you want. Of um, one of my, one of my biggest struggles with, um, with doing gifting has been exactly what you said, uh, how to avoid making it come across as like, Hey, I sent you a book. Now let's take a meeting. Um, I think in the in the email example, and it went away, so I apologize. I, I, it kind of I think it described some of that. Um, but do you have any like best practices around like tying that into your value proposition, or like um, it, I know you kind of described this, but that's always been yeah. one of my biggest challenges um, when it comes to gifting. So like maybe best practices or tips around, uh, yeah, making it not feel as much as just like a, an exchange of like a gift for a meeting kind of thing. Yeah, that's a great question. And um, I definitely was pretty, um, I leaned into sometimes the the goofiness, but paired it with, uh, 
but paired it with relevant research. So I don't know if you yeah. saw, actually, Leslie, I hate to make you keep doing this. Do you mind like, the email one more time? Of course. No, I think it's great to all put the email again, because I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of good stuff here. So I, I always started my email like this with this. So very first line, my subject line, and again, I'm not saying this is best practice, but my subject line, because I just wanted them to open it was, did you get the Simon Sinek book? Did you get the Game of Thrones book? The goal is just, and question mark, goal is just to get them to open it. As you can see, the first line literally for me was always the same. USPS mentioned they delivered your gift over the weekend or yesterday, whatever the case may be. Did it arrive? That's basically like, <clears throat> okay, yes, this is the person that sent me the gift. Now, why? Right? Why did they send me this gift? I want them to be able to answer that question right away. This is where I would say, of course, I make a little like goofy pun. I try to make take a page out of a more unique book. I always would say that, right? Like again, trying to build a little rapport with them over email. Um, but this is where I would try to answer that question for them. So in this case, I knew that they were familiar with my company because they had used it a previous role, but maybe they followed my company on LinkedIn. Maybe they had been a previous lead and had requested a demo. Maybe they had been a part of a closed lost opportunity. Uh, or maybe I am truly like cold prospecting, but maybe their sales team has grown or maybe they have recently opened job racks in their sales org. All of those things I know make them a good candidate for my company. And so I try to get them to answer the question, why did this person send me a book right away? Then of course I go into more like the problems that I think they're facing with like the next two paragraphs and then bring in the value, the value prop. But I try to help them understand why they sent the, why they received a gift right away. So there's not any question on their end and they're not like confused. No, this is awesome. And, and just to kind of recap what I'm understanding and for the rest of the, everyone watching is like, you're leading with uh, kind of like a relevant observation still. And then I do like how you like tied in Game of Thrones to sales. Like that was, that was super creative. So it, it kind of flowed really well. Um, yeah, that's an awesome example. Thank you. And you can use quotes from the book as well, by the way, if it's yeah. like Simon Sinek book or Brene Brown, you can say like, just like Brene Brown says to make yourself vulnerable to others in sales, you need to make yourself vulnerable to your prospects or whatever the case may be, right? Like you can always find your That's great. That's awesome. I like looking at like the chapter titles. I think like if you haven't read the book or you like, like look at the chapter titles, they're usually published somewhere. Look at like the top quotes. You can even Google it and then like trying to draw connections. Ooh. Magic. Yeah, I would, my prospect would probably not be stoked to hear this, but yes, I did not. I definitely did not read all the books that I sent out. I would quite literally Google the top quotes and then to your point, Leslie, <laughs> and, then, and then make a metaphor from there. But, but those are two great books, though. Yeah. Yeah, put those on the reading list. I want to go back to the creativity. Like, Jed, when you were talking about um, even before the process starts, like some of the creativity of finding people, um, you had shared that you do this with events on LinkedIn, too. Can I share your screenshot and you can walk us through that real quick? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Okay. Um, again, I love I love uh, LinkedIn prospecting just because it's like a simple thing. Like we've on some of these shows, we talk about a lot of different tools, but I understand that not everybody has access to these different tools that allow you to do really unique lists and stuff. But a very simple one is uh, everybody knows that like going to a conference or an event is a really good way to to prospect, network, make introductions. It's already warm. It's not as old prospecting, if you will. And so one of the things I found out last year is that uh, with LinkedIn. Um, their online or what do you call it, LinkedIn live events are getting really popular. And there's pretty much events being run across almost any sort of category um, that you can think of pretty much every single day. 
And so you can go into LinkedIn and search for events that are relevant to whatever problem you solve, whatever industry you're in. Um, and so like if I sell an HR solution, this is a really basic search, but I can search for HR events. Uh, but let's say it's like a uh, something a little bit more specific, right? You just put in that keyword. And so what you can do is you can actually click on those upcoming events, find one that has a good amount of attendees. You can click on the networking button. And then once you click on that button, you can actually see everybody who's attending the event. Um, and then one thing I would recommend is getting like a LinkedIn scraper. And so I use a tool called Magical for this, but there's a bunch of, and it's a free tool. There's a bunch of free tools, or you can do it manually. You can then scrape the list of attendees, put it into a spreadsheet and just sort it by the ones that are within your ICP. So like director level or above, for example, uh, in the US or whatever sort of criteria or territory you have. And then reaching out to them. I think we have a template example, Leslie, correct me if I'm wrong. Again, this is just an example. Like when I've done this, the subject line is always just the name of the event. And it might just be something like, hey, saw we're both attending this event on LinkedIn Live. And then kind of like what Caspian had talked about in the last email example, I still want to lead with some sort of observation or relevance about the company. Um, and then what I like to do with these types of emails is um, not necessarily go for the meeting right away, uh, but share some sort of relevant resource or something related to whatever that kind of topic is. And then I'll follow up later, kind of get their thoughts on it and then go for the meeting. It's a very light ask. It gets a lot of responses. It feels like a warm email. Um, and my goal is to lead with you know value, trying to be helpful and then follow up later. Again, get their thoughts in it and go for the meeting. Yeah, I love it. If you guys want to grab a screenshot, I'll leave this up here really quick. I think it's like such a, a creative way. Like what what kind of responses do you get a good response rate out of this when you're doing this because it's like around something outside of you? Do we lose you? I'm back now. Sorry about that. <laughs> I feel like it's something, it's like um like a third party thing. So it's not yours. It's yeah. like you're sharing, like you're talking about something else. Do you think that helps your response rate? It does. Leslie, forgive me because I, I don't know where I froze. No, sorry about that. We heard you all the way through. I think. Okay, yeah, it froze for about a good ten seconds for me. So sorry for the technical <laughs> difficulties, everybody. But to, yes, to answer your question, Leslie, uh, I, I didn't get the full context. You asked like if sharing like a third party resource. Yes, absolutely. I, I feel like I've shared this example a lot of times, but um, like probably the best example of this was when I was with Mailshake trying to help, and what we helped with was cold email deliverability. Instead of sharing resources from my company, which comes across as very biased, and prospects can read through it. I would often find like email resources from HubSpot on deliverability and say like, hey, if you're attending this event, for example, on deliverability, here's a great resource from HubSpot that I thought you might find helpful. And then I might throw in a quick note, like, by the way, this is what we help with at our company. If you're curious to learn more, let me know. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of like the idea of borrowing trust. Everybody's familiar. In this example, everyone's familiar with HubSpot. And so sharing that example from them um, comes across as less biased. It allows you to build trust faster. And then you have to be a little bit patient to eventually get that meeting. Um, but the ultimate result is that you get more responses at the beginning. Yeah. I think same with like a third party event. It would go same hand in hand there, like sharing a third party resource. Exactly. Okay. The time has come. Let's talk about memes. Can you just, um, everyone who's attending, give us like uh, an emoji, whatever emoji you want in the chat how you feel about using memes in your prospecting. Are you like all for it? Give us a happy emoji. Ooh, I like the hundred. Are you like, mm, maybe not, it's, maybe it's not for me. 
let us know. Um, I want to talk about like Caspian. You've used memes extensively through all different kinds of content creation and prospecting. When do you feel like is some of the best times to use a meme when you're prospecting someone? Yeah, really good question. And I do have to give kudos to the chat. There's some awesome emojis. <laughs> just um, There's just some really funny emojis popping up. But uh, yeah, memes and outreach. I think that, and I would love to say there's like a silver bullet, right? Like I think a lot of people are like, hey, what's the meme I can use in my opening emails that will that old prospects will love? And unfortunately, that specific meme doesn't exist. Or if it does, I don't know what it is. However, I will say that I think memes tend to be most effective in two areas. One, in a bubble up email. So, you know, you send your first email really thoughtful, really well-researched. Often in most sequences, you'll have an email, the purpose of which is just to get eyes on that first email, right? Just to be like, hey, curious your thoughts on my note up there. Something along those lines. Oh, can I show yours? You have one. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, in and this is, it's actually, uh, I don't know if you can play that. Oh, yes. It's, I don't know if I would say that it's good, but it did get me some responses because it's the whole goal, right? Is like, it's the goal is to get the eyes on the previous email and everyone is sending some form of follow-up emails. And so for me, I wanted to be able to bring a little bit of uniqueness, a little bit of creativity. And if someone was on, I always try to think of if my prospect is on the edge of responding, if they're kind of like, eh, like, should I respond to this person? I would like to give them um, every reason to respond. Like, I'd like to be the thing where it's like, oh, okay, like, yeah, he sent to me, I'm like, okay, this is well-researched, whatever the case may be. I'd like to think like, if they're on the edge, what is the thing that will motivate them to respond? I tend to lean into humor and, and things like that. So I would say in a follow-up email, it can be particularly effective. It doesn't have to be a gift or like a meme of yourself. It can be, I had friends of mine who would send the skeleton at the desk where it's like me waiting for you to respond it's a little cheekier you have to be thoughtful about who you send that to but i think in the fall email can be really successful and then also if you've built rapport with a prospect if you've gone back and forth over email and maybe they've complimented your outreach but they say hey not a great time though or something along those lines uh, i think that can be a really good opportunity to bring in a meme that again continues to build off of that rapport and maybe pokes fun at yourself i would hesitate so i i don't necessarily know if i love the like me waiting for your response i love being the butt of my own joke because i know i'm not going to offend the other person um and i don't mind being the butt of my own joke so i would say memes that poke a little fun at yourself for being in sales um but build off of rapport yeah but the prospect are going to be most successful and that happens in bubble up emails or later on in a sequence once you've gone back and forth with the prospect jed any meme you sent Get so me. I've I've seen some memes work really well on me. Like I've personally seen like custom memes r working really well. I wish I could remember the guy in the company, um, but this was a, like several months ago. And the guy photoshopped. Like I played basketball before. It's on my LinkedIn profile. Like that's my the big thing I'm into or whatnot. Um, and uh, he had photoshopped my face. I think it was like Stephen Curry. Like photoshopped my face onto him, and then like photoshopped his face on somebody else. And it was and, I, and then sent me the image, and it was. It was something kind of cheeky, but it was creative and I appreciated it. It was something along the lines of like, you, like he just tied it into his product. Well, I'm, I'm blanking on the exact specifics of it, but um, something like that was really interesting and it was a follow-up email as well. And I think 
kind of to Caspian's point, like I didn't see the meme and then respond like, okay, let's take a meeting. Well, but what was interesting is that because his previous email that he was bubbling up was actually relevant and I just didn't really have a chance to respond or really didn't read through it fully, it gave me that second chance to actually go through and respond. So I thought that was interesting. Again, that was more of like a custom meme that you can't just send out to everybody. So if it's a really well-researched prospect, it's probably could be a good idea. Um, uh, we tried some, this was a while ago at PandaDoc. We created some like competitor memes. The company was called PandaDoc. And so we did like some Panda gifts and memes that worked well. Um, I think all these things are worth testing out. And we talked about this in the pre-show, but most sequences, once you get past like the second or third email, response rates are super, super low. And so in my opinion, you kind of have no, nothing to lose to just try different things in those follow-up emails because you're getting like a 0.5 response rate or zero, which I see from a lot of like end of email campaigns. Um, it, again, just try it out, see what sticks. Uh, and you should constantly be testing those out because otherwise um, you're just sending emails for no reason. Yeah. Okay. So I want to bring us back because in both gifts, memes, all of this, I mean, even reaching out the pre stuff that Jed, you were talking about earlier, I think there's something that has been this common theme where it's like it can't the creativity can't be all of it. You have to have the right person that you're reaching out to. Like you have to make sure that it's tailored and specific and that there's a reason for them to eventually do business with you. Um, Steve asked in the Q&A section, by the way, if you have questions, you can go ahead and stick them in the Q&A and you can upvote by giving a thumbs up to anyone else's questions you want to get answered. Um, Steve asked about like, what if they can't receive gifts? And I think this is like anyone who's dealing with healthcare or banking or like specific industries, you'll just know that's like, that's a no for me. But um, has anyone ever been like, oh yeah, I'm going to send this back to you or I have to throw, donate it or like, what do you, what's the, do you have a go-to on people who who are like, oh no, I can't receive a gift? I've, I've personally never had that happen to me. I don't know. I mean, I could give, I have thoughts on that. Like my opinion would be, Gifting just isn't a strategy for you if that's your audience, if that's your ICP. And there's plenty of other creative ways, right? I think we're sharing a bunch of different examples here. But when I have done prospecting to uh, like government, for example, hospitals, it's, yeah. you, you know, you do have to take a little bit of a different approach. Um, and that's where the creativity is probably in the targeting and the list building. Um, not to say you can't be creative in the messaging. It's not like these are robots and they don't have personalities. So I think you can still have some sense of humor in your messaging. Um, but you know, that's kind of goes to knowing your audience, but Caspian, I don't know if you have additional thoughts. I do. I mean, so I will say I, I have gifted, uh, I don't even know, probably hundreds of prospects and I can count on two hands, the amount of times that it's resonated negatively with someone. So I want to be clear. I think sometimes people are like, Oh, what if they don't like it? I have, you know, I would say it's like less than 1% of this happens, but um, I have had people who have been frustrated or who have been able to receive a gift and they've told me like, oh, I'm going to return this. I never actually had someone return. And I know that because I said, uh, you know, because I would, I would, um, I'd be able to see if that specific gift was returned. So I'm, I'm guessing most often people just re-gift those, you know, books that you send or things like that. Um, I also think it would be funny if they tried to you know, re-gift like a really personalized thing, right? Like if someone has like a golf ball with their face on it and they're like, here, let me give this to you. I'm going to donate these to charity. Exactly, <laughs> right? Um, and so I have had, I have had people who, again, for one reason or another, have 
message me back saying that they can't receive the gift. Um, I've not had anyone who um, has actually returned it. And I think in the times where it doesn't resonate, fall on your sword. I had someone, I, I, there is one example I can think of where someone really did not appreciate it. They were, they were extremely upset. They sent me a very uh, stern email and I just said, you know, I just was honest. I just said, Hey, I'm really sorry. Like it's never my intention to, to bother or to upset you. And there was also like partially a miscommunication with different things. But I think that I would rather know that I've tried something and for whatever reason it didn't work than be left wondering, Oh my goodness, could I have done this? Could this have helped me? And that was advice I got from, uh, an SDR now at AE who I really admired, um, who said, to not ever worry about, and this again might be controversial, but don't ever worry about like burning a prospect by reaching out too much. Better to try to the extent possible to engage with that prospect and know, hey, I did everything possible to engage with this person, then only reach out like two or three times because, oh, I don't want to call them a third time in a week. And then if if you missed your quote, if you missed your number, be left wondering, oh, could I have called them that extra time, right? So again, take everything with a grain of salt, be thoughtful, but I think if something doesn't work out, just, just be upfront and just be honest and, and apologize if, if that's what's working. Yeah. And walk away. Bless and release. Um, Jed, Steve asked if um, on your events slide, when you were talking about looking at people, if you're, um, do you email with them or do you send a in-mail if you're not connected? What's kind of your approach on that? I typically put them into like a standard sequence flow. And for me, that looks like a LinkedIn connection request with a message. So I would message them and be like, you know, hey, Leslie, I saw same sort of like just a shortened version of that email. Mm -hmm. So we're both attending this event, wanted to send something your way. I'm going to send an email shortly. And then this is the subject line. And so that's what I'd send as the connection request with a message. And then I'd send the email pretty much that exact template that we showed earlier immediately after. And then I would have a few follow-up emails after that as well. Um, but I just treat them just to keep things organized, I'll put them into my my sequencer um, and kind of follow the typical steps, right? It's not just like one email or one message. It's still a prospect I want to follow up with and hit on multiple channels, like maybe phone as well too. Yeah, I like it. Do you ever use in-mail? Um, oh, I don't. Uh, I know people like are fans of it, but I, I've just never really seen it work that well. Yeah. Um, it's just not a good use of my time. I get much better results from email and just standard LinkedIn connections. Um, and I just, I've tried it many, many times. I give up on it. I come back to it. I'm like, is it ready now? Is it, is it going to work this time around? And maybe I just haven't cracked the code. So if you guys have tips for me, let me know or hit me up on LinkedIn. But I personally have not seen it work. So I just don't, I don't bother to worry about emails. The one, the only time where I will use emails is it if, is if it's like a really good, well-researched prospect. Like I know if I get in touch with this person, they're going to be a fit and like all the other channels aren't working. Um, it's kind of like that last, last ditch, ditch effort. effort. Yeah. So that's like the only time. Yeah. I know certain industries, like I've heard some really great results from it. So don't knock it till you try it kind of a thing. Right. But you try not getting your results, put your time elsewhere. Um, okay. Uh, anonymous, how do you track conversions from gifting? Ooh, good question. I I'm happy to take this. I used to work in finance, so I have, am big on spreadsheets. That might not be super popular. I'm sure there's like more complex ways to do it. But I used to literally have a Google sheet where I would have the accounts I was prospecting, the people, the prospects I'd identified, 
that were good candidates for gift, what gifts I'd sent the day that I sent them, and then what the outcome of those gifts were. So for me, I could see on a monthly basis, not only who I was sending gifts to, but I could see when they were sent, when they arrived, and what the outcome was. And so I would say, generally speaking, again, I'm, it's totally dependent on the person and on the source of those prospects, because you will have a higher likelihood of gifts resonating if you're pulling them from a, a unique list, like the one that Jed mentioned, where you're getting in touch with a mutual connection, or if you have a user gem, you know, some used your company in the past, or someone who's requested a demo. But I would say anywhere from one in two to one in four gifts should result in a meeting. And to me, that was always the, I just always thought, what other method of outreach of mine could I get that success rate from? Um, I was a fine, you know, fine cold caller, but not good enough to get a meeting from one out of two to one out of four things. So that's why I really honed it on gifts. And um, that was how I tracked it was in a spreadsheet. So not super, uh, not super cool way of tracking it, but it was effective. I think too, like I've heard a lot more people who will take some of their own, like they don't have budgeting from their company, but they'll use their own like commission because it's converting higher for them, but you don't know unless you test it. It's like, what kind of risk level do you want to put in? So I think everyone, you know, you have to kind of go your own, pave your own way there. Um, We are wrapping up. I want to probably answer one more question. Also, um, just like curious about channels. Like, do you think that there's specific channels that you're able to get more creative on versus like more traditional prospecting? Is there a limit to that? What does that kind of look like for both of you guys? Um, I mean, I feel like email is where I've, I've personally got the most creative with just, I've just tested so many different things across email. Um, with phone, you don't really like phone as a channel. You don't really have that, that luxury because I mean, you can get creative with your opener, but after that, it's like, how creative do you want to get? Cause every conversation is so precious, um, which I have mixed on my openers, but um, and I've seen some creative ones. I think email by far is probably the most creative you can get because you can attach links, images, videos, all that stuff. Um, that's where I would do creativity. I probably wouldn't mess with it too much when it comes to phone. Um, yeah, I mean, those are my thoughts. Uh, I, I don't know if you have, have different thoughts on that, Caspian. Yeah, I would say um, I would agree. I think phone, it's like you're you're gonna you're like yeah, you can get creative with your exactly like, but I'm not gonna like speak pig Latin or something, right? So like. Uh, there's a, there's a, yeah, you don't want to get too creative on the phone. Um, I would say for me, LinkedIn, I also took a lot of risks with like in DMs. I, I tried different approaches like video. I wound up kind of, um, I did a lot of video prospecting over LinkedIn specifically because you can fill the video. Um, and there's some great, you know, I want to be clear. There's some great video prospecting tools out there like Vidyard, Drift, Bloom, um, on LinkedIn specifically, though, if you're connected with someone, you can record a video on your phone and just send it as an attachment. So it's not an external link. It's native to LinkedIn. And I think people underestimate how wary prospects are of clicking links, especially on LinkedIn. Yeah. So I would often um, you know, engage with someone's content, begin to build that relationship, and then connect with them. Once they're connected, I would send a video, just the video on LinkedIn specifically and had a pretty high success rate with people um, booking meetings because you get a chance over video to understand more of, you get a chance to show your personality, 
still communicate your great research. Um, but I don't know, for me, I, it felt like I had less to lose over LinkedIn, especially if I'd already been engaging and we'd been going back and forth, like on their posts or something like that. Um, and I post pretty frequently as well. So I was hoping, you know, maybe they'd see my post and build some rapport. But, um, for me, I would say LinkedIn's probably where I got most creative. I love it. Well, you guys, thank you so much for sharing like all of these different things that you're trying out. It's so helpful just to hear from like other people, what's working for you, what you're trying, what's, what's new, what's happening. Um, so we appreciate your time and your willingness to share. We got some screenshots and everyone you'll grab the recording. Um, it'll come to your inbox. I'm dropping some uh, links to these two wonderful guests in the chat and join us tomorrow. Will is hosting for three things you can do uh, to increase your conversions. You can check that out on your prospecting. We'll see you next time. Thanks so much for joining us.